Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, welcome back to our study in the book of Proverbs, and today we're in chapter 3, and we're going to look specifically at verses 11 and 12, but I want to begin reading in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this opportunity to teach, and I pray, dear God, that you will work in the hearts of the young people who listen to this message, dear God. I pray that it will give them some foundation stones for the rest of their life, that they will learn about your dealings with their soul that they will see that their sanctification, their conformity to Jesus Christ is is more important than all the wealth and all the comfort in this world. Father, help us all to see your eternal purpose in our life. And Lord, we need you every hour, every moment. So please help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read verse 11 uh, one more time just to get it uh, right into our mind. Um, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Now, the first thing I want us to see here is the context. The context is very, very important, even in the book of Proverbs, where it seems like we've got, you know, many different sayings that seem to have nothing to do with one another connected together. But actually, in many cases, they have a great deal to do with one another. If you'll notice that verse 11 and 12 has something preceding it and something following it. Well, that which precedes it deals with trusting in the Lord. And that which follows our text has to do with the necessity of us possessing God's wisdom and of us seeking after wisdom, seeking after it, recognizing it's precious, it's valuable and seeking after it. So what is our conclusion? And let me read this. God disciplines us. You're going to see what that means. God disciplines us to teach us to trust in him and to teach us not to depend upon our own wisdom or our own strength, but to depend upon Him. One of the greatest things that God's doing in our life with regard to sanctification is teaching us about our need of Him and then teaching us that He is trustworthy. 
that we should not trust, as we've already learned, in the arm of the flesh, in our own strength, our own power, our own ability to do things, but that we should trust in the Lord. All right, let's look at verse 11. It says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Now, first of all, the discipline of the Lord, what does that mean? And this is going to be a little bit difficult for some of you to understand because you were raised um, in a generation where discipline was looked at as something negative, as something something wrong. Uh, my generation grew up in a completely different way. You not only you, were you disciplined in the home, you were disciplined in school. And, and you knew that discipline was a necessary part of education. Today, that belief no longer exists in many cases, but it does exist in the scriptures. So discipline refers to instruction, okay, instruction, the communication of truth, but also it includes correction, telling you you're wrong. <laughs> now, you may have grown up in a context where um, no one ever told you you were wrong, and, and you're just not going to grow that way. You're not going to advance as a person. You're especially not going to advance as a Christian. It includes correction, but not only correction, training. You know, as I've said, I think I used this illustration before in one of my teachings. I can talk to you for 10 hours about how to shoot a longbow. But unless I put a longbow in your hand and then watch you do what I've taught you and then correct your hand, your fingers, your eyesight, your foot placement, and everything else, unless I correct it, you're not going to learn how to shoot. And so a part of it is correction and training, doing something over and over again until you get it right. And then get ready. Even redemptive discipline or punishment. Yes. Now notice, I said redemptive discipline. Not, not punishment for punishment's sake. Not, not punishment in order to hurt you. And that is all but punishment so that it might redeem you, so that you might learn, so that you might uh, see that the way of the Lord is the only way that brings life. Now, he says with regard to this kind of discipline, what does he say? He says, do not reject discipline. Now, what does that mean? Don't refuse it. Don't despise it. Now, this, this is in Hebrew, of course, but this verse is also quoted again in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, in the Greek language, in chapter 12, verse 5, where this idea of reject is translated by a Greek um, word that means to regard lightly. It can also mean to scorn or think little of. So I want to summarize basically the idea that we have here, and it's this. When God disciplines you, pay attention to it and don't become embittered about it. You know, we again, it's, it's terrible, but we live in a society where everyone is offended about everything. You can't tell anybody they're wrong anymore without them literally throwing a temper tantrum, whether it's a personal temper tantrum or, or through media or through the government. It's absolutely insane. And that's the world that you've grown up in. So when God tells you you're wrong. And God even disciplines you and he can. Don't regard it as something that's not important. And most certainly don't become embittered about it. 
Don't pout. Don't stick out your lip. Don't say, well, I'm just going to take my ball and go home because you know what? God will let you go home. Respond correctly when God tells you you're wrong. Respond correctly when God intervenes in your life. And the consequences aren't very pleasurable. Because he's doing it, not punishment for the sake of punishment, but he's doing it for the sake of redeeming, of changing, of transforming. And that's always been a part of education until the last generation. And then, of course, we can see the fruit of it, can't we? A bunch of kind of, I guess the best way to call it would be a, a world full of spoiled, rotten brats who become embittered and pouting every time someone might even hint that they're wrong. Don't be that way. It's a sign of immaturity and a lack of spirituality. So he says, when the Lord disciplines you, do not reject discipline. Do not become angry about it. Now, how can the Lord discipline you? And I just want to talk about this briefly, but it can be in taking away your peace. It can be in allowing or even causing circumstances so that you have to experience the consequences of the wrong choices you've made. It can be inside an afflicted conscience. It can be outside circumstances that aren't very pleasant in which you say, now I see. Now I see. I've had to do that with my own children. You see, there have been times, you know, when we're out, we've been out hunting when they were young and we were in, you know, deep in the forest. And I'd say, now, son, stay with me. And he would wander away and I would let him wander away until he thought himself to be lost and scared. And he's sitting there and he's going, I've learned my lesson. This was wrong. Dad said, stay by his side. I did not. Now, I always go after him. But for a while, it hurts. For a while, it's scary. You see, because they have to learn. They have to learn. It's like in, in the military. You know, you don't obey an order. You're liable to be uh, working in the kitchen peeling potatoes for three weeks. That's not because they want you to become a good potato peeler. They want you to see there are certain things you must learn and you must do right. And if you don't, it's dangerous for you and it's dangerous for everyone else. It's the same way in Christianity. God will intervene. And he will allow you at times to suffer the consequences for your disobedience. He will even create consequences so that you see your disobedience. But it is not for the sake of punishment. It is for the sake of redemption. Now, he says, do not reject discipline. And then he talks about reproof. My son, do not reject discipline or loathe his, that is God's, reproof. Now, reproof means rebuke, correction. And again, it may be accompanied by discipline or redemptive punishment to tell you you're wrong. You're wrong. You're just wrong. Now, uh, when I was teaching my little girl how to shoot a bow, you know, she's she's kind of stubborn. And um, dad, why am I missing the target? Well, because you're not placing your feet properly. You've got to pay attention to where your feet are, where your shoulders are. And you keep forgetting about that. But she wouldn't listen. 
She wanted to put her feet her own way, but in doing so, she kept missing the target. She didn't want to receive correction, but once she did, the arrow began to fly straight. So we need the scriptures many times, often, to tell us you're wrong. Because when God tells us we're wrong, it's not to demean us, it's not to hurt us, it's to save us. It's to lead us in a way that results in abundant life. Now, when God rebukes you, when he corrects you, when he tells you you're wrong, when he even disciplines you, it says, do not loathe it. Now, loathe is a pretty strong word, isn't it? Now, there's there's three possible applications here with regard to this word, and all of them fit wonderfully in the context. Do not loathe reproof. Don't abhor it. Don't despise it. You see, I hate it when my mother tells me I'm wrong, or I hate it when my father tells me I'm wrong, or I I hate it when they discipline me and tell me to go to the room, or they give me extra chores, or they do this or that. I hate it. Now, I will admit, sometimes parents can be wrong. But for the most part, they're well-meaning. And for the most part, they're right. But God is always well-meaning, and God is never wrong. He's always right. And for you to hate his correction demonstrates that you are still quite foolish, arrogant, proud, and walking down a dangerous path, dangerous path. The word can also mean to have a sickening dread of something. And and I see people just constantly afraid that somehow bad consequences are going to enter into their life or constantly afraid, almost to the point of being sick, that everything's not just going to be wonderful. Well, now you need to make a decision. And here's the decision. What's more important to you? An easy life in which you do not grow in character, in which you're never bettered, in which you're never taught, or a life in which you grow to maturity, to conformity to Christ, to Christ-likeness, which requires that at times you pass through difficulties, that requires that at times God tells you you're wrong and corrects you. And at times, God even disciplines you, allows you to suffer the consequences for your Bad decisions, your bad dispositions, your bad actions are not only just allows it, but he creates the consequences. Which do you want? Some people have a sickening dread of discipline. Because they want an easy life. Some also misunderstand discipline in a terrible way. They, they think that somehow God's mad at them. And we're going to see that that's just not true. That as a matter of fact, one of the greatest evidences that God loves you is that he's involved in your life. He's involved in your life. Now, the third meaning can be this. Do not be weary. Do not grow faint. Don't give up. I want you to know that this has special meaning to me. Um, There have been times when life was so difficult Christian life, so difficult. Or just, maybe it's not an extraordinary circumstance, just the grind 
every day, every day, every day, the pressures of this life, um, the problems, the trials, that you just become weary and you, you literally get wore down and you want to faint and you just want to say, Lord, no more. It's almost like you reach the point where you say this, you go, look, I'm just too tired. I, I would rather rest than grow. I would rather have peace than change. I would rather things be easy. But we know that's wrong. You see, what you've got to understand is that when God disciplines, you've always got to embrace that discipline with hope. You see, if you're, if you're just going through tough times for the sake of going through tough times, well, there's no meaning to it. And then that's the way most people are who do not have Christ. But you see, when you're going through tough times, when, when God's actually the author of those tough times, don't lose hope. Why? Don't give up. Why? Because at the end, there's a purpose. And when you get to that end and you experience that purpose, you're going to rejoice in what God did. Now, another thing that I want to say about discipline that is so important. Everybody thinks when I talk about, you know, God disciplined me or God disciplines you. They think I did something wrong and therefore God's getting me. Well, sometimes discipline is the result of us doing something wrong. We don't listen. We don't listen. And God allows us to experience the consequences of our disobedience, our foolishness, or as I said, he creates them. Okay, he actually positively comes to us as a father who is disciplining us. But but discipline is not always the result of sin. It's not always the result of, of you doing something wrong. As a matter of fact, um, it can be just the opposite. You see, when I was a, a young boy, I wanted to, to be strong. I wanted to, to. And I don't really have, I guess what you say, I'm not born with the genetics of a strong man. But my dad, you know, I said, Dad, I want to be strong. I want to be able to run far. I want to be able to do all this. So my dad said, okay. So we worked with cattle. And the back of our ranch, it, it took about, I don't know, it was about a mile and a half or, or whatever uh, to get back to the end where we were feeding the last group of cattle. And it'd be in the, in the winter. And I'd have these big work boots on. And uh, my dad would strap ankle weights onto the big work boots, and then it was like, okay, I'll see you. Try to catch up. And he would take off in the truck, and I would run behind the truck about a mile, mile and a half home. And sometimes it was in the rain, sometimes it was in the snow, sometimes it was in the heat. Now, I didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't mad at me. But this is the only way you grow stronger. It's the same way in the Christian life, young person. You really need to see this. That, um, you know, I always tell people this. You know the most dangerous prayer you can ever pray? And you need to think about it really hard before you pray it. And it's this. Lord, make me like Jesus. Because even the son learned obedience through what he suffered. The writer of Hebrews tells us. Um, there's a great book by a man by the name of Jowett called The School of Calvary. And it's basically this, to the degree that you want to be used of God to be conformed to the image of Christ, you will suffer. You will go through difficulties. 
Uh, there's a saying out there, even in the secular world, that difficult times, hard, bad times, make strong men. And strong men make good times. And then good times make weak men. Um, it's just like weightlifting. It is constantly adding more and more resistance. Constantly. You want to get stronger? Then we got to keep putting plates on the bar. You're not going to get it any other way. And that's the way with discipline. Now the question is, what do you want to be? Strong Christian or a weak one? But don't grow weary because there's great hope and eternal reward to be reaped. Now, uh, in verse 12, it says, For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Now, now look at this. The Lord discipline. One of the greatest evidences of the Lord's love for you and delight in you that you really belong to him is that he invests time in you to teach you, to correct you, to train you, and to discipline you. If that's the case, my dad must have really loved me. My mom, too, because they disciplined me quite a bit. I'm sure I needed it. Probably I needed it more than what they did. But they loved me too much to allow me to go astray. They loved me too much to just stay where I was as a young, immature boy. You see, the word delight means accept, delight in, be pleased with. Do you see that? All right. Well, this has been hopefully a very good study. And what we're going to do, we're in Proverbs chapter three. But we're going to go over and see the New Testament counterpart to this in Hebrews chapter 12 in the next session, because I want you to see that that um, the writer of Hebrews uses the very same truth with regard to the Christian life. You see um, here we're talking about uh, in chapter three of Proverbs, a father wanting his son to be well rounded. And talking about the Lord's intervention to make him mature, and we're going to see how that applies in the spiritual life. And uh, we're going to look through that text. It's also what we're going to learn is that as a Christian or in Christianity, the Lord's interventions in your life, especially as discipline, when you know the Lord has disciplined me. It's one of the greatest evidences that you are a child of God. So although it can be hurting, hurtful, uh, it is positive and demonstrates that God truly loves us and he's involved in our lives. So I'll see you in the next session, but we'll be in the book of Hebrews. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. 